Well, hello and welcome back to the Two Kinky Women podcast, where we dish about everything kink. I'm Midnight Lady, and my partner in crime is Mistress Gabrielle. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode. Glad to have you aboard. Um, One of the things we really want to do is hear from you guys. Email for questions and comments, and we hope you question and comment. TKW at twokinkywomen.com. That's a numeric two. Again, questions and comments. TKW at twokinkywomen.com. And did you know that we have an email newsletter and we send out downloadable uh, beginner's guide to kink if you're a beginner? And we also have fabulous uh, infographics available after every episode for those of you who will join our email newsletter at twokinkywomen.com. That's two numeric kinkywomen. All of our topics, anything, it's open for discussion. Anything you want to talk about, we do it. However, nothing is forbidden and nothing is not talked about except no children, no animals. Other than that, we generally try to be safe, sane, and consensual. Today's topic? Oh, today's topic is a good one and very, very close to my heart. It's a weekend kink event, Survive and Thrive. And we're going to talk about weekend kink events and how to go to one, how to get the most out of it, how to survive it, how to leave on Sunday or Monday uh, with all of your faculties intact. <laughs> and I think we should just get right into it. So let's do that. What is a weekend kink event for for people who aren't familiar with that or have never been to one? There's so many groups in uh, everybody's geographical area, the Northeast, uh, the Southwest, uh, out on the West Coast, up in the Chicago area, wherever you want to be, there's going to be a group that's going to sponsor a kink event. And essentially, what they are is they run from, um, well, what they are generally speaking is three or four day events. Mm-hmm. They run usually from Friday maybe to Monday morning. Some of them will start on a Thursday. But here's your opportunity to see everything in action, the real thing. It's a great place to network. And if you don't do anything else at a kink event, it's for education and networking but of course considering the fact that uh two kinky women are into having fun and uh getting their kink on that's what you want to do as well so uh midnight lady are you going to talk about uh what you do when you plan a kink event things so a a kink event uh, is so much to see it's very much the kid in the candy store yeah It's, it's a willy wonka house kind of an event and there has to be some planning involved i'm a planner i because i want to do everything i want to see as much as i can see i want to do as much as i can do and so i like to have a plan and generally there is always a website there's always a group uh once you join on 
you know, once you sign up and you pay the entrance fee and you get the hotel room, uh, there's a group on FetLife where people will discuss what's going to go on at the event. So there's always a schedule of classes. When classes are going to happen, the topic, the presenters, and there's even, uh, most cases, there is a short um, biography by the presenters. There's also short bios for what the class is about. Is it about spanking, caning, um, DS, power exchange, sissy maids, tea service, you know, whatever the classes are, there's always some sort of, at least a sentence or two that says what it's about. Some of them are more like demos where yeah. you'll actually see uh, a certain activity being presented in front of you. Yes. Okay. Like uh, introduction to uh, uh, single tail mm-hmm. or something along those lines, right? And then some of them are uh, more, um, should we say, advanced. Uh, say, for example, uh, something that uh, Goddess and I like to do at conventions is we do a class on fisting. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, female on female. Um, so that's a more advanced type of a class. But then there are also uh, presentations that don't have demos. They can be roundtables where uh, there may be newcomers to the scene or veterans in the scene talking about uh, certain uh, uh, concepts, like, for example, master-slave. What's the difference between DS and master-slave? Or uh, how to be of service? Or uh, think of one. What, what what was one that you went oh, to? Oh, I've done several. I've done, um, uh, I did a round table on submissives. There you go. The dominants all got together in their round table and discussed dominant issues. Right. And the submissives got in touch, uh, got in a circle, mm-hmm. and we discussed um, challenges for submissives and slaves. And then at the end, we came together as a group and discussed what we had discussed in those roundtables. And as a switch, uh, I had to make a choice. Do, am I, do I go to the top? Do I go to the, you know, yeah, right. the, the dominant circle or do I go to the submissive circle? Well, that day I chose the submissive circle. But it was very interesting because I, I, was, I was the only one that was a switch in the submissive circle. So I was able to give a very unique experience experience having been both sides right. of the coin. So what you got to do is you got to look on that website yes. and uh, take a look at and, and see which demos and presentations appeal to uh, you. Appeal to you. Yeah. And right. make a schedule. Okay, so the canings at one, single tails at three, round tables at the four thirty, uh, oh but oh but fisting is also at four thirty. So what do I want to do? I want to go fisting, or do I do the single, uh, the single tail, the round tail? You know, so you just right. make these decisions, right. and it's just easier to right. have a schedule. You know where you need to be by a certain time. But something else that's equally important in terms of scheduling those classes is taking care of your personal health, your personal self, and what you need. Because you can tell just by looking at the website yeah. that when this event is happening and you get there, there's a lot going on. So one of the things we want to emphasize when we talk about surviving and thriving in a weekend event 
is definitely to take care of yourself. So we're talking about what happens before. You've registered for the event. You've got your hotel room. If necessary, you might live close enough where you don't need uh, a hotel room or you're willing to commute back and forth to the three-day event. That's okay, too, whatever it is you want to do. So this is what we're doing ahead of time to get into the headspace. There's also a list of vendors more than likely on the website. So you're going to recognize maybe a couple of names of vendors that you've you've heard of or you may have passed uh, by the shop uh, uh, in a town that you live in, very possible. But what actually starts to happen when you... Park your car in front of that hotel, and you're ready to walk in the door. What happens? I'm walking in the door. There I am. What's the first thing? The first thing we're going to do is register. Register. There will be volunteers who are taking uh, your name, and let me be honest, you have to use your legal name, and you have to show ID of your legal name, and here's why. I have been going to events over 25 years, almost 25 years. I have never once been outed with my legal name. You are taking risks. You are doing and consenting in risk-aware consensual kink. There are risks. The hotel has to be held harmless. The Black Rose group or the so-and-so group that is promoting the event has to be held harmless. Um, And you need to agree to the rules. You will not take uh, unsolicited videos and photos. You will not make unsolicited uh, audio recordings. You will not post to social media. So there's rules for everyone's protection. Right. You will not engage in certain activities without checking Uh, them out first with the management of the dungeon space. In in specially cordoned off sections. You will not use your single tail in the middle of the dungeon. You will go to the single tail section. You will not do blood play in the middle of the dungeon. You will go to the medical section. And here's another one that's very important in public areas of the hotel or the venue where this is being held. There may be no nudity. And you have to agree to that as well. Sometimes. Sometimes the hotel uh, closes to the public. Right. And covers up uh, curtains on all the windows and doors, paper, the big paper rolls on the windows and the doors, so that there's nothing to be seen from outside. Right. And, and when the hotel reopens to the public, say, at 3 o'clock on Sunday yes, afternoon, then, then it's vanilla. Pour, it, it may, it, the, the public areas of, of, the, uh, of the venue are now open to the public, yes. which means you can no longer parade up and down the hallway. Naked. Naked. Okay, so that's important. Now, using your legal name, you're going to be asked to sign paperwork of course. using your legal name, that you agree to the rules, that you agree to whatever it is that they, uh, that they have written out for you. And all of this paperwork is included uh, in your welcoming package. What yes. else is in your welcome package? Well, okay, so usually this is the time where uh, vendors can put like a business card. They might sponsor a condom giveaway where they put condoms and lube and there's marketing on the condoms and lube that are advertising for this vendor or that vendor. Could be some candy Coupons. In there. Coupons. For and the vendor space. Yeah. Uh, candy. 
Most it's a lot of condoms and lube. Yeah, there is. There's a schedule. Always a schedule. Bios of the classes. Bios of the presenters. Sometimes a very fancy uh, special event flyers. Right. Tea party at three o'clock. Right. And so there's like a little postcard. Right. Tea party at three o'clock. And things that are coming up in the future. Events. Future events. Groups, certain groups will. Uh, put a we'll, postcard. We'll put a postcard into that welcome package as well. Yes. Right? And rules. Rules. Please, please, for the love of God, Read please. the rules. Read the rules. Yeah. I have been going to events over almost 25 years. What do I do? I still pull out the rules. And I read the rules. Because I want to be sure I'm not doing something. Back in the 90s, there was no sex in the scene. You did not, you, you played, but you did not have sex. That was a rule. That was just, you didn't do it. So when we re-entered the scene after raising our son, all these people having sex. And we're like, all these people having sex in the dungeon. We're like, oh, that must be the thing now. So it can change. Mores change. Yeah. Uh, a standards change. Right. And it also has to do whether or not the place uh, that you're having an event or where you're attending that event is um, uh, a hotel, which is completely taken over. So that means you're renting the entire space. And a lot of times nothing is off the table. Mm. So um, uh, you are more free to indulge in certain types of behaviors. Sometimes in places, they do not want any fire play, okay, indoors. And that's usually a good idea. Uh, but other times, it's okay. It depends on the particular rules of the organization yeah. that is sponsoring it and the uh, rules that have been agreed upon by the sponsoring organization and the venue's management, okay? a lot of, so, And a lot of times... We were talking about a hotel convention. A lot of times, the hotel is separate, and there's a convention hall where the dungeons and the classrooms are set up. They have those pop-up, you know, partitions and things of that nature for the classes and demos. And um, so you are traveling from the hotel to the convention, back to the hotel, to the convention center, back to the hotel for, you know, so it really just depends on the location and is it self-contained in the hotel. I personally like those better because you don't have to dress vanilla to go to the convention center, to go in the convention center, change into your fetish or get naked. But then if you want to go back to the hotel, you got to get dressed, vanilla, go to, you know, in your car, go back to the hotel. So it just really depends on where the event is being held. So you're there, you signed in, you get your little scene name badge, everybody gets one, and now you're like, okay, what do I do? If it's a hotel, you check into your room, get your stuff around, get yourself set, get your, get your program, get your, get your plan out. Here is where you need to start planning. And I'm not talking about planning your classes and demos and stuff. I'm talking about planning things like eating. We have a rule. Eat, sleep, shower. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, shower. Yes, indeed. You cannot play three days. Play hard three days. And not eat, <laughs> sleep, or shower. 
<laughs> it's really true. Um, and when I say eat, you got to plan to eat. Well, that's ridiculous. Why would I plan to eat? No, no. Trust me. You need to plan to eat because you cannot come out of a day full of classes. It's two in the afternoon. Your blood sugar is completely tanked and the restaurant in the hotel is slammed. Right. Plan to eat. If you know you have a break from 12 to 2 before your next class, eat your lunch between 12 and 2. Right. Make a plan. Go to the restaurant a little bit earlier before the lunch rush. Or, what I love to do, pack for meals. Right. I pack sandwich meat and snackies and fruit for for lunches. Um. You know, breakfast is usually in the hotel. Dinner is usually out or in the hotel. But like lunches and snacks. Right. And when you when you uh, get your your uh, welcome package and when you check into the hotel, you'll see that hotels uh, will be presenting certain types of um, meal plans. Yes, uh, meal plans are uh, very popular. Buffets and uh, we're open for this and we're having midnight uh, midnight, midnight pizza. That's right, and... midnight snacks. The event uh, organizers generally try to do things along those lines, and they'll have certain mixers that are sponsored <coughs> by groups within the group, like, for example, Little's Group. Yeah. Or a... Uh, they'll sponsor uh, a pizza party at right. midnight right. or tea party at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Right. And or, some yeah, of these things, things of are um, at extra cost. Sure. And uh, You buy a ticket. You buy a ticket, and, and you go ahead and do them. But one of the things that I like to do when I go... Uh, to an event is scout the area and yes. today with our apps on um on on the uh on the phone uh we can find the local um dunkin uh, donuts dunkin donuts cvs uh, cvs you got a screaming headache what do you do right you gotta get some aspirin and these places also uh which is really nice <clears throat> um have a lot of um, <clears throat> um options for uh for quick meals as well yes so um, if you do get a hotel room that has a microwave, and many of them do, mm-hmm. uh, there you go. That's another option. And then you and some of your friends uh, or some of the people that you meet may decide, let's go out for dinner. Yeah. And you'll go. That's the best part. Right? Yeah. And yeah, you'll go like to a that. restaurant in the neighborhood or whatever the case may be. It's a great opportunity for socializing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you go with other people or if you meet people at the event, uh, or you're sitting around and somebody says, we're going out. you want to join us? Go ahead. Go join them. It'll be a lot of fun. And this is how I've done, we network. I've done um, like hors d'oeuvres in the room. Yeah. Like we'll bring like little like cheese and crackers and fruit. And then we'll have another couple come up. That's right. And we hang out in the room and we'll have a little cheese, crackers. And then we'll go out to dinner. That's right. So it's, it's a really a great social really opportunity. Is. But I think something really else is. that we have to mention in terms of planning. We want to see everything do everything all the time. A little bit of dungeon disease there. Yeah, you know? just to tell you a tad. But you have to take care of yourself. If you are diabetic, please don't leave home without your insulin or your test strips, or your blood sugar monitor. Please think about that. If you are on an antidepressant, or on some other medication, heart condition, thyroid condition, whatever, please remember to bring your medication with you. And don't just bring three pills for three days. 
I always like to bring like six pills for three days. Because what happens? You, you drop it on the floor. Yeah. It rolls under the bed. Trust right. me, you don't want to go under the bed. <laughs> After that, if it rolls on the bed, it's staying there. Right. You know, so it's just this like forethought and a little bit of planning will save you so much hassle. And, and, and who wants to run out to CVS, find CVS? And then go, you know, think ahead. Bring a bottle of Tylenol if you get backaches with this, you know, like. It's really Kind of just think ahead a yeah. little bit. Better to throw it in your bag and not need it than to have to go out and, and if you're feeling crappy, to go out and get something to, right. you know. Right, it's true. Let me, let me, let me mention something else. So now we've talked about, you know, you, you come in, you've registered, you've been greeted by the uh, folks at the registration desk, you've got your, your, uh, your welcome bag and all that kind of good stuff. But what if you never get to that point? What if you have huge fear of an event? Event fear. Oh. You're worried about being yeah. outed. Event fear is like munch fear. Um, yeah. And 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 you you're you're extremely paranoid about going someplace because goodness gracious, what if I see somebody from work? What if I see a oh. neighbor? What yeah. if I run into yeah. somebody I know? Well, what if you do? Well, here's the thing: if you're there and you see them there too. <laughs> Right. They're not there for the food. <laughs> you know, they're not there accidentally. Oh, I'm looking for the golf convention. Yeah. No, they're not looking for the golf convention. They're there too. So what do you do? It could be awkward if you don't know them well, or maybe you know them and you hate them because they're, blech, you know, whatever. You could just wave, nod, and, and go about your business. I guarantee you, they will not out you. Why won't they out you? Because someone's going to say, really, you saw them where? Well, what were you doing there? <laughs> it's called mutually assured destruction. They're not going to out you. You're not going to out them. Because by outing them, you out yourself and vice versa. I understand social anxiety. It can be very crippling. But if you stay in your house and don't venture out, and I know I suffer from it. If you stay in your house and you don't venture out, you will be living less than your best life. And who wants to do that? Who wants to live in the same four walls and not experience the joys and the satisfactions and, and the heartaches and the disappointments too. It's not perfect. Who doesn't want to live their best life? And by doing that, by getting out of your house and getting out of your car and going inside, I know it's hard. I know it's scary. You're, you're inundated with, with everything that's going on and, and, and you want to do it all and, and none of it at the same time. So I think it's important to to take a leap. Yeah. Jump. Right. If Jump. you've gone to munches, if you've been going to test meetings, for example, we'll talk about tests in another uh, podcast. But if you've gone to these, uh, these groups and uh, you've met a, a bunch of friends, go with them. Go with them to an event. Yes. So you're not on your own. But if you are on your own, here's a good question for you, ML. 
Should you have a roommate? Should you get a roommate? Mm. Okay, here's the thing. If you are alone and you do not have a roommate, uh, you do not have a friend, you're new, I would not suggest rooming with a stranger because, for the very obvious reason, they're a stranger. You don't know it if they have some problems that makes them unstable. You just don't know. You're, it's a crapshoot. And or why they, put yourself... they might be the kind of person who uh, uh, steals comes, your stuff, or comes into the room and has a uh, uh, a line of uh, private players waiting for them in the room that you're supposed to be sleeping in. Yeah. And uh, this person, your new roommate, uh, decides that your room is play space. And, yeah. And uh, there you go. So sometimes it's a really good idea. To bite the bullet, pay for it yourself, yeah. and adventure out there on your own. You won't be on your own very long. For very, no. That's for very sure. Now, here's another thing. You're a first-timer. Yeah. You're going to an event. Should you volunteer? A lot of times, if you volunteer at these events, that you, you can uh, really get a great break on the yes. cost of the, of the event. Now, you can volunteer for things like registration. You can help and be one of those people that helps the people come in and get registered. You'll be you, trained to do that of function. Course, all of right. them. Yes, very much so. Uh-huh. Things I would not volunteer for are things like dungeon monitoring. You obviously don't know how to do that. You don't have the experience. You don't have the experience to recognize things that are, are signals, red flags. I also would not volunteer for uh, presenters who are looking for demo bottoms. Why? Because we have stressed this a million times. You don't know that dominant. You don't know if they're good, safe players. You don't know if that is going to be... Sometimes the worst happens at events, and you will have presenters who essentially have not been vetted well enough to present. That is correct. And you find that there are certain presenters who will go too far. Yes. In their presentations, yes. the same people who um, uh, are considered perhaps maybe um, edge players, this is not the place necessarily, unless it's very specifically pointed out in the uh, bio or in the class description that this is edge play, that this is right. you know going right. to a certain degree that is not the let's put it this way the norm. So. Um, wait on that. Wait on volunteering yeah. to be a demo bottom. But you could certainly um, participate should you um, should there be uh, an ask for participants in, say, for example, newbies in the scene. And mm-hmm. if you're a newbie, fine. If you're not a newbie, uh, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Have what, fun. What, what, so we were speaking about uh, unqualified, unvetted presenters. So you, you show up for your, your demo or your lecture and you're, you, this presenter gives you information. Now, as an experienced kinkster, I can recognize good information from faulty, erroneous, dangerous, unsafe behavior. I, I went into a caning demo. Caning is, is very serious. You can break their coccyx, you can um, rupture their kidney, you can break a hip from a cane. If you hit them fast enough and you don't hit them in the places that are safe to hit. 
So I went into this demo. He did not warm her up. He And he was using a thick half an inch diameter cane. I mean, it was thick. It was more like a rod. It was more like a, yes. But he called it caning. Mm -hmm. He did not warm her up. He was hitting her all, it was just awful. He gave her six cane strokes, one right after another. He broke her. She was, she fell to the ground. She was sobbing. He broke her. And I was so goddamn fucking mad and I walked out right in the middle of it yeah and I reported him I don't know what happens after you report them but if you get enough people who report him he will not get chosen for the you know by that corp or by that group again now I don't want you to think that this, this is this is the norm generally speaking the folks from the group that is sponsoring this event do a really, really good job of yes. vetting the presenters. Generally speaking, the people who are in charge of setting this up know these people and have seen them present several times, if not hundred times. But occasionally. Occasionally. Because this is life and things happen. Yes. And Absolutely. we just want, we're, we're all about education. We're not going to all be about flowers and unicorns and rainbows. We want to be aware of the good stuff. And the not so good stuff. Uh, so and reporting. I wanted to make that clear. It is okay to report someone that you're watching. That you feel like, wait a minute, I know enough about caning. This is dangerous. What that guy is doing. That that's not right. And that comes with experience. Right. Please do not be intimidated. Report him to the event staff. And reporting uh, also goes a little bit further than that. If you're starting to play, if you meet somebody and uh, you're filling out your dance card and you've got a couple of play dates, which sounds very, very uh, exciting. This is your first opportunity at a big event to play in the public dungeon. And what I mean by the public dungeon is that it is open to everybody at the event. It is not just for ponies or just for littles or just for um, gay women. It is the public that is attending the event. Um, consent violations. Who do you tell? Now, what's a consent violation? Somebody who harasses you and won't let it go. Somebody who touches you inappropriately. One of the rules for all events, one of the rules for life, folks, is you don't touch people without their consent. Mm, you just don't. You just don't touch people. And sometimes you're walking around. Let's face it. You're walking around scantily clad. If you're so inclined, you might be walking around without any clothes on at all. That does, that, that's not an invitation. This is not a swingers club. Okay? And a free-for-all. And, a free and for an all. orgy. Right. And so this means that people do not come up to you and touch you without your, permit, without your permission. That's just where it's at. Yes. And you don't do that to other people either. Not only is that seen etiquette, but essentially it's against the law. So here's the thing. Can, we call it consent violation. If somebody harasses you and you say, please don't touch me, and they don't go away, mm -hmm. or if whatever the case may be, you know a consent violation when you see one, who do you report it to? What do you do? Well, there's always, there's always people to talk to. First of all, they're going to be dungeon monitors. What are dungeon monitors? We'll talk about what dungeon monitors are and who they are. But there's always an office or a table 
or people to talk to in case there's a problem. Again, that's in your welcoming package. It's either at the bottom of the rules page or it's in the magazine. I'm calling it a magazine. It can be um, the brochure. Uh, a brochure. It could be whatever it is with all the different things in there. There's always who to talk to, whatever the case may be. Um, when all else fails, you can always go to a dungeon monitor, okay? You know a consent violation when you see one. And consent violations also include what's going on during a play opportunity mm -hmm. in a dungeon. So what are dungeon monitors? Who are they? They're kind of like the kinky police. Ah. And they usually are wearing orange vests, like fluorescent construction orange vests or yellow, like day glow yellow vests. Um, and what they do is they, they're not playing. They're not socializing. They are going around the dungeon and watching people play with the express intent of making sure everyone is safe, uh, sane, um, not risky behavior. Right, playing within the rules. Playing within the rules. The, you know, the guy is not cracking the whip in the middle. Of the, the And so then let's say he is. Say he walks up and... There's a guy cracking the whip, and there's people like two feet away. He will go up to that man with the whip, signal his attention so he doesn't get whipped in the face by accident. He will signal. He will get the guy's attention. He will go over to them. He'll approach when it's safe, when the guy puts the whip down. Because um, I got whipped by accident in the face. It was not fun. Um because he was in the wrong place, and I happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, so yeah. to speak. But anyway, he'll go over, and he'll say to him, you know, we have a section for this. You were in the wrong place. The section for whipping is over there, left corner. Or outdoors. Left, or outdoors, or whatever the case may be. But if it's two people playing, and the, safe, and the scene is unsafe, like you mentioned in the last episode, he will, again, signal. You can't just walk into a scene... Because you'll get whipped in the face. So he will signal. He will get someone's attention by waving a flag at them or clapping at them. You know, he will do some signal that will get their attention. They will stop, or at least the dominant will stop. Find out what's going on. And then they will either stop the scene or they'll tone the scene down. They'll do something in remediation from what the dungeon monitor said. And right. if you don't, he stops the scene and you're escorted from, right. from the event. There are certain activities within a dungeon that uh, dungeon monitors pay particular attention to. And in fact, you'll see it in, your, in, in the rules um, uh, for the dungeon play. Uh, certain things that you want to do have to be passed uh, by the dungeon monitor before you do them. For yes. example, a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff would be suspension uh, and intense uh, suspension, maybe with rope bondage, uh, where you need a couple of spotters yeah. around before you actually yeah. do something like that. Again, we're talking risk-aware, consensual kink. There are always going to be risks involved. Cutting anything involving blood, blood play, play. Uh, anything involving, for example, fire play. There are some hotels that will not allow, or venues will not allow fire play. However, 
uh, depending upon the season of the year, there may be outdoor play spaces that are cut off from um, the casual passerby on the street or in the parking lot or yes. whatever it happens to be. Medical play sometimes uh, has to be... Take-down uh, uh, take scenes. Take-down scenes. Uh, kidnappings, yep. things along those lines. Dungeon monitors and management needs to know this because who knows what the hell's going on if nobody knows what's going on. Right. So this is all for safety's sake. So what happens when we are, all right, we're, we're a newcomer to this event um, and we walk in and all this is happening. Into the What do I expect? I walk into the dungeon. What's going on? <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, there's too much to look at in every direction. And generally how these dungeons are set up, something in a circle or like an oval or like rounded squares. Big room. Big Big convention space. Mm-hmm. Big like convention the ballroom? Space. The main a ballroom, ballroom? Yes, of the absolutely. Hotel? If you've ever okay. been to a hotel for right. a wedding or right. something, it's a big ballroom. Uh, generally, the outer rim it has uh, dungeon equipment. Uh, generally, also in one corner, there's a aftercare, cooled down, where they put comfy sofas or big fluffy pillows for people to have aftercare in a quiet and secluded area. Um, There's always stations with water. And sanitizing, because you always want to... Paper towels. Yes, condoms, lube. Now, chucks. What's a chuck? Chuck is like your wee-wee pants for dogs. You put it down, and you can have blood play, or and then you put it down. You can have water, you know, if you're doing something with lube and it squirts down, if there's sex involved, and it drips, lube drips on the, it drips on, not the floor, but it drips on the the chucks or the, the water containable fabric sheet. Because safety is not just the activity of what you're doing in the dungeon. Safety is also cleaning up after yourself yes. and making and sure that that person who used the equipment before you did cleaned it up. Right. They use sanitizing wipes, whatever Which the case may available be. available everywhere. Right. So that's what you're going to see at these stations. And they're going to be kind of like spread out throughout the entire event. Yes. Where you can always find particulars to use to clean up after yourself. Now, so that's the outlaying areas. Right. Then you have a walking path, a safe zone, as it were. Because if you are doing certain kinds of play, if you're flogging someone, you do not want to be right behind them and get a flog in the face. You know. So there is a what we like to call like a walking path. Right. And that's part of the dungeon experience. It sure is. Is walking around the dungeon, seeing what people are wearing, watching the scenes. Or not wearing. Or not wearing. <laughs> It, watching the scenes, um, do and just and you just keep walking around because this, people are always changing, scenes are always ending, new scenes are beginning, um, and it's just such a it's such a, a, a like I can't even explain. The first one I went to, I was totally the amount of things that you were going to see, unbelievable. Your weird shitter meter. It's going to be, you know, through the roof. Your weird what was that? What was that called? The weird shitter meter. <laughs> because 
You'll see some weird shit in yeah. the dungeon. Some of that medical play is like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, you know, just just for an example, right. I actually saw someone who had like two foot like barbecue skewers. You know, like the metal barbecue shish kebab. <laughs> he had them through his back. Oh. And then they had taken like twine or rope or something and done a braiding on the skew. I mean, it was disturbingly gorgeous, but disturbingly gorgeous. Yeah. Some people, some people um, are edge players, and you're yes. going to find edge players. There's no question about it. Uh, Body but there are edge other people players. who are just going to do a little spanking or whatever. People yes. like to play in these public dungeons. They yes. like to see now. and be seen. Okay. <laughs> now you said be seen. Yes. Okay. So that's the outer edge. That's the walking path. Right. Now, in the center of the dungeon, which is usually where I like to be. Of course. <laughs> I'm a little attention whore myself. Just um, a tad. Just a tad. The scenes that are going on in the center, you don't end up in the center by accident. You end up in the center because you want to be seen. And for me, as an exhibitionist... That I love the center. So there's all kinds of different benches and tables, and, and usually there's a chain spider web and different, all kinds of different furniture. Oh, suspension rack, suspension rack, from the ceiling, right. uh, rope, you know, rope chairs and sex swings, and right. there, there's just so many and spanking benches, not just your typical like war, like sawhorse bench. But like spanking benches with knee places to put your knees. You know, I'm getting your excited wrist. just hearing you talk I know, about it. Right? I can't wait for an event. And then and they have bondage that they had the eye hooks already there, so you can hook up your bottom, tie them, or use restraints and uh, um, and use the uh, the clips. You know, like. So there's just like a plethora of equipment and, and music. And You're getting music. There's, there's music and there it's just this and not just the, what you're doing and seeing the sounds. And I'm a very auditory person. Yeah. I close my eyes, but I love the sounds of spanking and the sounds of whipping and the sounds of people going <gasps> Because, you know, like, they just got on a crack of that tail. And the screaming. Yeah, there's always the screaming. You know, there's always the screamers. Listen, if it's too much for you, walk out into the hallway, sit down, relax, chill. Have a piece of candy. Whatever it is, and then go back in or don't. Or stay in the outskirts. There you go. Because usually the outskirts are less lit, more dimly lit. Whereas in the middle... You're, you know, you're on display. Well, let's face it. People, people like to perform. Uh, there are exhibitionists and there are people, particularly uh, well-known names in the scene, BDSNM royalty, as we like to call it, because events are a really, really good place. Uh, essentially, uh, a chance to meet the famous names in the scene. There, these people who have presented during the day are generally going to be playing in the dungeon at oh, night. Oh, absolutely. However... That's not an opportunity to walk over while they're in the middle of a scene and say hello. This is a thing no. called scene etiquette. How do we act when we are in play spaces, like in a, a dungeon 
wherever that happens to be. How do we act? What's scene etiquette? So then here, basically scene etiquette is what I like to call common sense. Right. A. Use your head. Use your head. If you see that he's got his hand up her sex or he's fisting her or he's dripping wax or whatever that he or she, she is doing, you don't walk up to him and say, I did that. I saw that scene you did yesterday. That was amazing. Uh, excuse me. My hand is inside her sex. Do you mind? You know, like. Cardinal rule. Do not interrupt you a do scene. Not. Ever, ever, ever. Ever. You don't say, excuse me. Um, are you just in that chair? Can I, can I sit in that chair? No. You don't do that. If that chair is empty and it's in their scene perimeter, it's like a invisible, like boundary it's like you know like uh they put up the yellow cones to, you know yes. on the road yes. imagine a little ring of yellow cones right. right and generally that space is about what three feet diameter right about a three foot diameter right in all directions you're not going to come in from one direction because he sees you and you're coming and you don't want to go from the back you don't go period so primary directive Never interrupt a scene. Ever. How about another rule? Here's another good one. Don't take somebody else's toys. (laughs) Don't play with someone else's toys. Don't touch anybody else's toys. Don't touch someone. Don't go over and say, excuse me, are you using your paddle? No. That is his paddle. That is not your paddle. You can't even, like, ask to borrow it. You can't ask to touch it. You cannot. And certainly don't do it during the scene. But don't do it after the scene either. You have your toys. Everyone else has their toys. Now, if you are friends with that person, then you have a relationship with that person. You wouldn't begrudge me if I came up to you and said, where is that evil stick? Can I borrow that? Also, if you're friends with somebody, the agreement can be ahead of time. Uh, Here's my toy bag. Take whatever you want to use. Yes. But, of course, etiquette also tells us that after we use it, we clean it. Clean it with, not just with your shirt. You clean it with a sanitizing wipe. Right. Don't be insulted. Oh, I don't have any germs. Honey, we all got germs. Right. They're not good germs or bad germs. They're just right. germs. Right. So, please don't be insulted, it, it, you know, if we ask you to sanitize the toy after you use it. Let me mention something that really gets under my skin when I play in a dungeon. And I know that this is a number one uh, issue for a lot of people uh, playing in public. And that is socializing in the dungeon. Socializing Mm, in the dungeon. Yes. The dungeon is no place to socialize. That's not where we do that. We do that out in the hallway with all those comfy seats. We do that uh, in the the, uh, public areas where they have... The water uh, available and other things. Sometimes in um, in a hotel, the bar will be open. You can socialize there too. You socialize yes. in the restaurant. Now, do not socialize in I, the dungeon. I think we should quantify that a little bit more. Uh huh. Now, you and your partner, play partner, are walking the perimeter. You're walking the circle, right? You're making the rounds. I call it making the rounds. Okay. You can whisper quietly sure. to your mate. Oh, my God, that's so hot. I want to try that. You don't say, hey, Mary, <laughs> did you see what he did? You don't do 
singing, when you're playing, there's a bubble. You're in the bubble, what I call the bubble. You are responding to your top's directions. You are responding to the sensations your top's are calling, giving that person. And that person is responding to the top and the top is responding to the bottom and there's an exchange in energy and a bubble. Hey, Mary! You know what that does? That pops the bubble. You can remake the bubble, but it stops, it, it interferes with the scene. And it interferes in a way that you may not be able to get it back. So when you're in the dungeon, yes, quiet voices, place, right? It is not a place to socialize with your friends. Go outside into the hallways, the corridors where there is plenty of seating, and people are standing around and yapping, or the bar area, or the restaurant area, or in the vending area. Now, vending, generally Ooh. speaking, is not open all the time. <laughs> no, no. Uh, sometimes there are hours, and this could be in your book as well. When vending is open, most big events uh, have waiting lists for vendors. Vendors absolutely adore oh, yeah. the idea of uh, you know having a uh, a captive audience, as it were, because it's exciting and it's also a great place to meet your friends. You're always going to run into people, you know, in, and in the and you get area. FOMO. Which is you know what FOMO is? No, what is that? Fear of missing out. Ah. So your friend comes up to you and says, Oh, look at this paddle I just bought. You're like, Oh, I didn't see that. Where 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 did you find that? So you all go back into the then vending you, area. You know, and then and then you know, yeah. you know so let's talk about the vending area Oh God, I love vending. I have vending because at so, many an event. So let's explain, story. you know, what if you've right. ever been to any kind of a Convention. Scrapbook convention, right. fishing convention, right. hunting show, gun show. Any, there's people with tables, right. people with little cordoned Even off. the teacher's convention has that. Sex, <laughs> a little cordoned off sections. Right. right, right. And whatever you sell, whatever your, your craft is, right. or you sell sex toys, right. or you, or you sell books, or clothing, or clothing. corsets, or right. toys, electric toys. Uh, stim, electric stim toys, blood play toys, um, accessories, toys, uh, jewelry, um, nipple rings, nipple jewelry, you know, sometimes jewelry, even services, any kind of thing. People anything. will sell, for Tons example, uh, uh, contract blanks doing a BDSM contract, yes. uh, and how to Wax. do that. Authors will be oh, there selling, selling books. their books, signing and selling their books, etc. Absolutely. So, here's the problem. And I know you've experienced this as well. You could drop a thousand dollars in the vendor area inside of an hour. Oh, I, I, you could you could do that in fifteen minutes if you're buying <laughs> a, a whole big outfit, a thing, corset, a and corset. boots. Oh, oh, that's corsets. the other vending: shoes and boots. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's the idea with vending? So, Walk around and see who's there before you stop pull, before you start make, pulling out that credit card. Make notes. Yeah. You usually get a vendor map. Uh-huh. Absolutely, there's a vendor map. Mm-hmm. And in the vendor map, it's usually numbers. Right. And then the numbers correspond to a vendor. So what I do is I get my vendor map. And if I see, ooh, I really like that, uh, I really like that, that, that spanking over here, mm-hmm. uh, and then I like the corset over there, 
Number 28 had the corset. Right. Number 37 had the cane that I liked. Go through and see everything. Don't make any decisions. Don't make any choices. Don't buy anything per se. Um, until you've walked through. Until you've walked through. Yeah. And then make good buying decisions. Well, right. I really don't need that pal because I right. have one very similar to right. it already. Because right. you don't want to ruin the experience of a weekend by realizing that, that you have overdone it overspent. and then you've got you know, buyer's remorse. It can be an expensive weekend. But when you have gone into that vending area and you know you need a, a, a new outfit and that course it looks evening. fabulous and you've got a kilt uh, that your boyfriend just looks phenomenal in, and you yes. have decided, wow, tonight, Saturday night, night in the it's S and M night, and you know what S and M night is? Not standing model. It's not S and M. It's standing stand model. model. This is the night. This is the time when you show off all of these wonderful outfits finery. and things like that finery that you can wear, and you can also do that at special events, mixers. Uh, tea parties, a lot of events will have special things with their own special charges, as we mentioned before, where you have the opportunity to dress to the nines. So that walking path that's in the dungeon becomes similar to the red carpet at the Oscars. Yes, it does. It's a very good analogy. And you, you walk down the path and you're gorgeous. I remember I bought this leather, full length, with a train, leather dress oh man okay with the it it open in the front down to my belly completely open in the back all the way down to my uh even below my coccyx and so now my tattoos are showing oh fabulous you know and and my leather train is behind me you know i mean you that's the night that's the the you put on your best duds right and now, have not fun. everybody does that not, no, everybody's not everybody is interested in the fashion right not everybody but um, it's a great opportunity and and vending also has a great opportunity too to uh, appeal to certain segments within the king community for example yes. there may be vendors who um who appeal primarily to furries there may be vendors who appeal uh, uh primarily to say sissy maids uh, it, it, and, and they have all the accoutrements that one would need to do that. Yes. But the opportunity to wear all this finery and use all this finery is happening within that weekend. So there's a, a hell of a lot going on. So briefly, let me sum it up by telling you that we want to have a great time. We want to um, take care to eat, sleep and, and shower. Bring your protein bars. And your snacks and your meds. and Be open to everything. Yeah. Make plans. Fill out your dance card as the opportunity presents. Remember. Presents, go, to a present, go to a presentation. Meet the presenters. Meet people. Be friendly. Be open. You don't have to be the most social person in the world. Just have, put a smile on your face and remember to be kind. And remember the rules. Remember your scene etiquette. We are so excited because we're hoping that 2022 is going to be a good year for events coming back. Uh, So that's why we felt this was an awesome topic to do this month with 2022. Remember to get your sleep when you go to an event. And plan for sleeping, plan for eating, 
And please plan for showering. <laughs> please plan for showering. We want to hear your comments, your questions. There's got to be a, a, a plenty, plenty of questions about going to an event for the first Absolutely. time. And uh, we want to help uh, uh, ease your mind and uh, help you from uh, getting some idea that you've got to panic when you think about going because something's happened out of the norm. Well, let us help you. Send us your questions and your comments, and we'll address them. Maybe we'll even take a phone call on the podcast. But uh, we want to hear from you, tkw at twokinkywomen.com. Send those questions and comments to us. Now, you can listen to us each month on multiple podcast players, and you can listen to us on our homepage. That's right. We have a homepage where you can listen right through the homepage. And when you go to the homepage, be sure to read the blog for each month's episode. And what do you get when you read the blog? A free downloadable infographic infographic. each month. Because we are all about the education. We want you to have this great time. Find that that, uh, homepage at twokinkywomenpodcast.com. That's two, the numeric two kinkywomenpodcast.com because we are two kinky women and we want you to be kinky too thanks for listening see you next time see you next time